0: Good afternoon. Good evening. Good day. Welcome back to another episode of RC Stuff powered by Hobbywing. Once again, I am Charlie Sawanka here with Mr. Mike Chen. Good day, Mr. Chen. Good day, Charlie. Well, there have been some uh, product updates, changes and new releases. We're going to talk about some of that stuff today. Uh, There's been some changes to my travel situation. And we have a couple of, I guess I call them reoccurring service topics, things that no matter how often we put the information out, They seem to come back, and we need to tell people about them one-on-one. So we like to bring stuff like that up here to kind of spread the love, wealth, knowledge pool that we have for all that sort of thing. That being said, we also have a winner each and every episode. And that's probably why most of you tuned in to either hear if you won or find out how to enter to win. Mr. Chen, do you know how they enter to win? Because I always forget. Well, I got to consult my uh,
1: spreadsheet over here. (laughs) Spreadsheet's back uh so it's sending an email to uh rcstuff at hobbywing.com don't forget to include your name your shipping address uh t-shirt size what kind of rc stuff you're into or rc stuff that you would like to get into uh make sure you type out your email address for charlie
0: thank you you're welcome. And I think I checked all the boxes. You got it. You nailed it. Yes. That is exactly how it works. Name, address, contact information, type your email address, t shirt, and the most important part is what kind of RC stuff you're into. Otherwise, we have to guess. And that, that you're not gonna get anything good if we guess. Maybe you will. Everything's good. But this uh, week's I the t-shirt winner. Size. <laughs> oh, the t shirt size. Yeah, the t shirt size yeah. is important. But this week's winner is a Florida man. His name is Kyle Murphy. And I always like when you guys type the story in there because it, it, a lot of times it takes me back. He used to be in the RC 25 years ago, and he's back enjoying the new technology that's out there. And... um. I think that that's probably the most common guy that I talk to on the RC because sometimes it's a lady that we talk to on the support lines is folks getting back in RC and they just want to ask a handful of questions and kind of cover the basics of where they're at with whatever their question is, without having to do the deep dive in, into the YouTube and all that. So uh, my, my favorite is old guys like me that I've been doing this the whole time. So when they get back into it, it's, a, it's usually a nice conversation. And if you didn't know, uh, Mike and I work in the service department. So a lot of times when you guys are emailing Hobby. Doing, and especially when you call, you're going to talk to myself or possibly Mike. Mike is lucky that he's mostly email guy right now, but we're going to break him in. He's going to be on the phones here eventually. I'm, I'm excited for that because then I can go on vacation. I'm the callback guy. Oh, that's right. You do do callbacks. I, I refuse to do callbacks because I'm old and I don't like it. Mike does them, So thanks. You're welcome. Uh, that brings us to the new item in our lineup, the XR8 Pro G3, the long-awaited update to our XR8 lineup. The series had three speed control platforms for a very long time, what I called small, medium, and large. There was the SCT, the Pro, and then the Plus versions. And we trimmed the line down now that it just has the Plus and the Pro and the pro replaces the size factor of the sct so the new pro is basically the same size as the sct was the kind of smallest a scale speed control that ever existed so that guy's back now with the g3 has the updated cage or uh, frameless fan sorry that It makes cooling a whole lot better. The fan has a new set of fan guards as well to help keep it from getting busted up. So the fan should last way longer than they ever did before. Um, It also has reverse voltage protection built in. There's a temperature sensor in the speed control that can turn the fan on and off so the fan doesn't have to run all the time. I think very cool. And the newest update has been disc brake. And it's an FOC-based motor operation that allows the brakes to be not speed-sensitive. Much like, if you're not familiar with what FOC is, it's field-orientated control. And until very recently, I was under the impression that this needed magical sensors that were different than what we had. But as things better. They learn new ways to do things. And now a regular sensor motor and even some sensor less motors can have this FOC style of operation. And what it's doing is it's taking a different segment of information out of the motor. Instead of waiting for the rotor to pass by the the coil of the motor and send that information somewhere, it's actively reading where it is at all times. And it allows the motor firing sequence. And in this case, the braking sequence to be much more or a much less speed sensitive, if you will. It knows exactly what it wants to apply all of the time. And what this means is that in a in a brushless setup, the brakes are kind of speed sensitive. So the faster the motor goes, the more potential braking energy you have, the slower you go. Sometimes you kind of have no brakes because the motor's going so slow. This takes that away. So you can get consistent braking power kind of across the board, so to speak. It makes it a lot more consistent at all different speeds. So for A-scale racing, as track conditions get better or worse, Traction goes up, tracks get rougher, tire changes, all that. This is kind of a great thing to have because now you have the best of both worlds for high speed, low speed braking. Um, so that kind of is the the big thing that changed with the the X, this new XRA Pro G three, and I expect to see this in a lot more of the platforms moving forward. I have been fortunate enough to be running this speed control for the last several, I want to say weeks, maybe months now, in my 4x4 short course, just hammering on it like we, we do over at the Peacock Pit, and it's been flawless for the most part. I do really like the the fan situation where the fan turns off. It's kind of cool. It gives you an idea of how hard you've been running it. So we do a big, long session, and pull in, and the fan's not running. I'm like, what's well, fine? We can keep going. And if you pull in, the fan's running. You sit there for a second. And a lot of times, it only gets hot enough to run the fan for a little while, and it shuts off after that. So I, it's pretty cool. I like it. Ooh, can I throw something in there? Please. So uh, another good topic. What's
1: nice with that thermostatic fan control is that when you're done running right. as well, if you actually just let the system run until it, the fan shuts off, you know that the ESC has cooled down to a reasonable temperature and you don't have to worry about any heat soak,
0: uh, any residual heat left in the ESC. Good call. If you yeah. guys didn't know, a lot of times you run a car, it gets to the temperature that it gets on the track, And you pull over, you put it in the pits. Maybe you got to go out and turn marshal if you're a racer or you're just not, you know, you're getting ready to do stuff. The car will sit there and the temperature will increase while it's turned off because it's already hot. And it's, there's no all the airflow goes away from the car moving and you're sitting under the, uh, the body, baking all that in. And you end up with uh, heat soak or temperature increase after the fact can be very bad for the motors, uh, super bad for the speed controls because they have power capacitors, too. But something to keep an eye on. If you do do a good hard run, the most beneficial thing you can do for your car is get the body off of it and move some airflow so, or move some air across it while it's sitting there so that it doesn't get hotter while not in operation. I do, I do have, like I said, a, a couple quick event updates, and mainly that I, I, I canceled my trips. If this is the first time you've heard, I crashed my motorcycle on Memorial Day weekend, and I broke my collarbone, and I had some sort of weird spinal fracture that sounds really bad. But I can move around like I can do stuff i 'm not casted up or stuck in bed or anything like that, so it's been all right, but i'm not going to try to travel around and do things i can 't pick anything up and i'm got go set up a booth and all of that, and I just don't it's going to be bad and if you can make it worse, real easy, rebreak the bone or make the the back situation worse so i got I canceled my trip to Badlands, which will be happening next week i'm bummed on that because i haven 't been to Badlands for a minute, and that is a lot of fun and I had to cancel my trip to i o which i 'm super bummed out about because Of all of the RC events I've done in my career of being an RC person, I always, probably the most fun you can have for a week, hanging out with some nerds. Like it's it's, it's a really good time. Sad, sad Panda. I'll, I'll be uh, watching you all online though. So. Think of me when you see the live stream camera going. Give me a shout out. Mike still gets to go to I though, IO, so you get to hang out with Mike. He'll have the traveling Hobby Wing booth there, and he'll be helping out with Street League and all sorts of other fun stuff. So if you have Hobby Wing things to deal with at IO, find Mike. He kind of knows this stuff front to back now. I used to think that I knew drone stuff, and then I hung out with Mike, and he tells me things that I never knew were a thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad Mike is here to help our drone people and our flying things in general. Mike's getting... Much more involved with uh, the helicopter and plane side of things. You seem to speak that language a lot better than I do. That's for sure. Like, maybe it's because you pay attention.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm a little more spongy than you are.
0: <laughs> that's a good one. I'm a funny, duddy old man who's stuck in his wings, I guess. <laughs> Mike brought up a topic I think that uh, is very good in the buildup here of the the, the, the refreshers the, the topics that come up time and time again and what I, I this one kind of for me falls under a, a pro tip area as well um, Mike we, we the, what's what's the phase failure Let, let's talk about this for a second
1: so basically just uh get a, I get get an email saying that uh, customer doesn't know if it's worth rebuilding the motor, if they should order another rotor for this motor. But basically what happens is that uh, the motor only seems to ever want to work if it's clocked in a particular position.
0: Location of the rotor. Like let's say yes. you look at the face of the motor and it's a clock face and the motor only wants to start if it's not at three o'clock or maybe if it's only at three o'clock, that type of thing. Like if you you know, were to make the, the flat of the shaft, the hand of the clock. Proceed.
1: Yep and uh basically otherwise it seems to like cog or rock back and forth and stuff like that and they be like i don't i don't know what's going on and uh at that point that's usually one of those things where uh it seems to be one of the one of the motor phases seems to have uh not be not connected to the other two phases anymore um so just a
0: quick uh i guess a quick some fun facts with mike (laughs) well so this is this is what i like about this is it brings it up for me is how do you troubleshoot this how do you test this is it for sure the motor these are the things that i run into the most and when the customers talk about how do i fix this well sometimes you can't and it can be tied to a couple different things like mike's talking about the phase itself can be damaged um one of the coils of the motor could have some sort of short could have some sort of desoldering situation and the motor cannot fire that phase anymore so the motor doesn't run when it needs to be operated from that phase so you get funny operation the other one that i run into is the sensor board itself can be damaged like there's a little circuit board inside of a censored motor that has little sensors on it to tell the speed control things and if that becomes damaged the speed control doesn't get the information motor doesn't run correctly and often can't start from one of those locations that's a very I don't want to say common thing, but a hard one to track down and because you have to change motors out, basically, at that stage, you swap to another motor that, you know, works fine. And that'll confirm if it's the motor or the speed control. Uh, the other one I get sensor wires. You can run into folks that get mashed sensor wires that have that happen. And then what I call a phase failure, this same type of phenomenon or problem where the motor doesn't want to start from own location can, in fact, be related to a problem in the speed control itself. The a brushless motor is a uh, three-phase motor. That's why it has three wires. It charges and discharges a coil at the same time to make it go. The other one's there telling the speed control information in a sensorless setup and in in a sensorless setup as the rotor passes. Anyway, but the speed control has three drive phases that fire those coils. And if one of those drive phases and the speed control becomes damaged for some reason, the motor cannot start when that phase needs to be fired. It's kind of running on two or three cylinders. It'll run okay until the car stops. Then you need to push it to make it go again. These types of situations are, are more common to phase failures. Sensor board situations or like a damaged coil on the motor itself. And the unfortunate sad thing is that if You know how to use a voltmeter you're not going to ask us how to check these things you're already going to know what to check for it's dead shorts either through the uh, motor coils to the can that'll tell you if there's a problem with one of the coils or realistically to me I haven't had much luck checking speed controls for anything other than shorts with a voltmeter. You need a scope. And if you have a scope, you know how to use it. You're not going to ask us how to check these things. You already interneted it. But not a lot of easy ways to check this stuff as what I'd say my level of hobbyist, myself included with this is that I have to put another speed control on there or put another motor on there and then take the motor apart, swap sensor boards, that sort of situation to, to figure out where this is actually coming from. There's no like shortcuts is what I've run into. Quick and easy, try another motor that tells you it's the motor, or the speed control and then you can kind of go from there. That, that's been my, my go-to on these. Push start, uh, dead spot situations uh, with brushless setups in general. So I hope that helps a little bit.
1: Actually, you learned me something right there. Mm. I didn't know about checking the uh, dead short to the can of the motor. Yeah, that was something I never, uh, never experienced yet.
0: Well, see, this is the thing for me. Most of those situations, I, maybe it's because I've I've dealt with this over the years. You'll know, like if a motor's bad, you'll feel it. Like if there's a short in a coil that's bad enough to make it run in correctly or poorly, um, you'll feel it when you rotate the motor over. The magnetic notchiness of the the rotor or the magnet is pretty consistent when the motor is in good health it, you'll, and if the motor gets shorted you'll feel like a gumminess to the motor if you want to like test what this feels like take any motor that's not connected to something roll it over in your hands and then touch any two of the tabs on the motor together and then roll it over and you'll get a very direct idea of what it feels like when the motor shorted because that's essentially two coils getting shorted together and the magnet having to deal with that it's not going to hurt anything if you don't like spin the motor super fast but like do it in your hand is what i'm saying like don't and make sure it's not powered up yeah thank you well (laughs) once again do it with the motor it's not powdered up (laughs) i do it with the motor out of the vehicle like you know with the wires not connected to anything um okay i think it brings us to the close, make it a quick one today. The uh, gonna have a fresh episode of the Charlie Show on the XRA Pro G3. There is one up right now, and my new studio situation, my lame arm. I did a bad job, so I'm reshooting it, and we're gonna replace that video with a fresh one. It's gonna have pretty much the same information, though. Like I, I did an okay job on the information. The camera angle is terrible, so I'm gonna reshoot that and probably later, uh, as this. Podcast is live, that should be getting replaced because I got my studio fixed now. I am on a personal note, I I got my roommate moved out and now I have a whole extra room. So I'm creating a new Charlie Show studio. So we'll do the talking head thing. The thing I hate the most when you sit in front of the camera and talk to it, I've always not been a fan of that. But now that I have a nice studio area and lighting and all that. It, it, we're gonna gi- We're gonna give it a shot because people used to like them. I just don't like them. I think that it's a it's a popular form of youtubing, and I'm gonna have to just bite the bullet and do it. I don't want.
1: To, so. Wouldn't you rather bite a sandwich?
0: Yes, definitely. So, all right, candy bar, anything other than bullets. <laughs> what? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, you got anything else for the people? James is still fast. James is still fast. And I like eat your vegetables. Cause I think that's value of advice, especially now that I'm injured and on the heel, like I've been taking vitamins and trying to eat better so that I heal faster. So eat your vegetables, kids. Ooh, I
1: actually have uh on that vegetable topic, I do have one thing I've changed recently and I've noticed a significant difference. Oh. People care. Uh, so what I, one of the things that always killed me with street league events is that the finals are always really late at night and for everybody listening i i'm the guy that's usually like getting ready for bed at 8 p.m like the sun's (laughs) down i'm ready to go to bed like i don't i don't stay up late i also like to wake up really early so um because my definition of early is like 4 to 5 a.m uh what i changed was uh, i started taking the stuff called the uh, athletic greens i think they shortened it to ag1 now okay and I just I overall feel a lot better, and like the last Street League race, I noticed that I was able to keep my consistency very, very good all the way through finals. That's even one though of those. I was tired.
0: Those are those superfood things that have all the micronutrients in them.
1: Yeah, basically, yeah. like like because you you eat vegetables, and it takes so m- you have to eat a lot of vegetables <laughs> to get your nutrients. <laughs> and this is so much con- so much more convenient because it's just like everything you need in in a, in a twelve ounce beverage nice you know one scoop of powder 12 ounces of water shake it up and chug it first thing in the morning so shout out to athletic greens thank you for making me feel better (laughs) more consistent at racing that that was the thing consistency at racing was huge so
0: excellent eat your vegetables vegetables. or drink them or drink them if you have to yeah it's even easier. (laughs) Well, on that note, folks, as always, thanks for tuning in. Another episode of RC Stuff powered by Hobbywing. Charlie Swanka here with Mr. Chen. We will see you all next time. Bye.